Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Deacon Bob, seeing humor and hope in a crazy world. And I'm Deacon Bob. Father Dave, is it, well, obviously you're somewhere where it's nice and beautiful, but is it raining? No, it it did rain yesterday. I am here in beautiful Tampa, Florida, and uh, it's a very misty morning here in Tampa, Florida. Though, thankfully, the weather is supposed to be looking pretty good the next day or so while I'm here. I was at the Buccaneers game yesterday, and there was a downpour. I I actually don't remember the last time I was at a Buccaneers game, and it poured. Yeah, I don't remember. So, uh, but it was a lot of fun. As you as you as you know, and the world knows, uh, the Buccaneers beat the Carolina Panthers barely. So we barely beat the worst team in the NFL, which means we are not the worst team in the NFL. And it's a low bar, but it's at least a starting place. Uh, It was really fun. Actually, it was a three-point game by the end. The Buccaneers beat the Panthers uh, 21-18. And it means we've still got a shot to win the NFC South because that's how bad our division is. I think we are now 5-7. and or Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was it was kind of crazy just about the weather. So the Pittsburgh game, there was like this torrential downpour with lightning. So they delayed the game. So the Friars, we were actually all in the chapel praying. And I mean, it was for the Steelers to win. Was that no? It was unbelievable. The rain coming down. It was. It actually. It all. We all started kind of chuckling. It was so loud and strong and violent. It was just. It was just really, really crazy. But it was crazy, too, because like a week ago, it was 12 degrees here. And yesterday, yeah. I mean, granted, it rained, but it was in the 50s. So right, it's it's that time of year. If it was 12 degrees there last weekend, it probably would have been a blizzard. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. That would have been crazy. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Although, oh, I was in Gomming. I was saying I saw some photos of a huge snowstorm, but Gomming had a huge snowstorm. So I'm ready wow. for that. Yeah, I didn't watch probably, I don't know, 10 minutes of NFL yesterday. Uh, Yesterday was obviously dominated by college football. Um, Ah. The world is in mourning with the whole, they they did the final picks for the playoffs and they got it wrong. They just. And and that's why I'm in Florida, actually. I'm doing a ministry to console Florida State fans. Uh, It's a prayer ministry. It's a beautiful ministry. That's a joke, by the way, if you don't listen to the podcast a lot, but. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think it's incredibly unfair that. So let's explain to the viewers, to Sister Mary Beth, who doesn't get a chance to watch as much television as she'd like, what happened. So in the college playoffs, I guess there's just a committee of people. Who are these people, by the way? I've always no, wondered that. That just nobody pick. knows. Nobody knows. They're cyborgs. Ooh, right. Okay. So there's a mysterious group of people who pick the top college teams, and. Uh, there was a uh, Florida State who had an undefeated season, did not make the top four, but Alabama, who lost a game, is that right? Yeah, they lost one game Texas. or two games. Okay, who lost a game and didn't look sharp all the way through at times, did get in, and people are understandably outraged. No, it's crazy. Unless you live in Alabama. I mean, obviously, the, Alabama gets moved up because they beat number one Georgia, uh, which was a, a good win. I mean, Georgia's a really good team. However, Alabama should have lost the previous week to Auburn, so they should have had two losses, so it never should have even been discussed, be that as it may. So they jumped from number eight to number four. 
Florida State, who was already in the top five, top four, won their championship game, and they get booted out. The whole thing, it's it's, it's a scam. It's a scam. The whole, the whole now, thing. I I heard somebody comment on the radio that there is a – so the, the Florida State quarterback got injured pretty badly. So he's out. He wouldn't be able to play the championship games. And so one of the thoughts was there's something about in the clause of it is that they can estimate based on player injury how well they would do. So some people have suggested that because they lost their quarterback, who I guess has been amazing, um, the committee recognized that they're not as good as they were, and so that's why they went that way. There's still mystery about it. Yeah, you're right. I guess if we don't know who they are, they can't explain themselves. But it is a little bit crazy. It feels like a bit of a, a buyout. Like, oh, we'll just keep this team in. Because they have a big fan base, we need somebody in the SEC, you know, in that conference. And uh, no, and that was it's a shame. Uh, that was it. They couldn't imagine a world where an SEC team isn't in the final uh, four. So it's just it's it's crazy. It's crazy. There is in the sports world, there is nothing right in the world right now. Nothing. <laughs> well, let's finish up by saying who is in, and probably deservedly so. Michigan is number one after a season of controversy. Yeah. Uh, who are the other teams? Number two is Washington, and Washington is also an undefeated team, so they've had a really, really good season. Uh, number okay. three is Texas. Texas beat Alabama, so they don't want them playing Alabama at the beginning, so they're number three, so they're going to play Washington. And then number okay. four is Alabama. And then, and there's like a consolation prize. What's the fifth and sixth? Is there? They just play each other for the heck of. No, they don't. Florida is playing somebody. I think they don't no? even necessarily play each other. It's just those four okay. teams that play one another. I'm not. I don't even know who, what bowl Florida State ended up in. And that's what everything was kind of set for the bowl games. And then because this commission that is on the dark side did what they did, it threw all of the bowls. So Notre Dame is actually going to play the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl in El Paso, Texas against Oregon State. The Tony the Tiger Bowl game. Looks like you just got relegated to children's television. It's unbelievable. I mean, literally, they have this little announcement and there's this dude dressed up like Tony the Tiger. And they were so unprepared. They didn't even, like, they generally have the helmets of the two teams that are going to play. They didn't even have Notre Dame's helmet. It was just, like I said, there was nothing right in the world of sports today. Nothing. Denver lost to but, Houston. But if, if Notre Dame wins, here's the question. Will Tony go, they're great? Wouldn't that be exciting? No, that wouldn't be, actually. I would throw him off a building. <laughs> So, and then the Broncos, literally, they're playing Houston. They've got four downs, five-yard line, four incomplete passes. No, actually, maybe they threw an interception on the fourth time. I think they threw, I think they threw an interception. I think I saw a little bit of that There's game. Nothing, yeah, the Houston Texans have kind of come right. out of nowhere and uh, right. are, are winning. Yes. Nothing so right. Wow. Wow. Yes, there is. Major League Soccer, baby. Mm-hmm. This is exciting. So we're down to the final. Uh, uh, over the weekend, LA Galaxy beats Houston Dynamo, if I if I remember that correctly. But the very exciting win was the uh, Columbus Crew beat FC Cincinnati in what has become known as the Hell is Real Derby. I no. kid you not. That's the name of it. They put it on the screen as they play. Apparently, when you drive from Columbus to Cincinnati, 
there's a massive sign. Have you seen this sign that says hell is real? Yeah, yeah. Right. So because that sign is there, they've actually called the, the derby game between a derby, by the way, is a, is a game played in state or in city. So because it's Columbus and Cincinnati, they call it a derby. They, they now officially call it the hell is real derby because everybody has to see that sign one way or the other to see the other team play. So in this, by the 75th minute, um, Columbus crew was down to nothing. I would argue because of some bad officiating. But by the 90th minute, Columbus Crew tied it. And in overtime, Columbus Crew wins. And now the MLS Cup final is happening this upcoming Saturday in Columbus. And it's going to be an amazing game. Okay, thanks. Um, so the other thing that happened this You weren't week, even interested in the hell is real thing? That's kind of an interesting part. That part was. That's why I was... Here's actually a funny thing. They're, when their minor teams play each other... They call it the heck is plausible derby, That's which great. I think is just brilliant. I, I appreciate it. Well, we, we need to get a picture of that, and that would be interesting. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I am trying to get in the Christmas holiday spirit, getting closer as we prepare. And we know that's hard for you because you hate Christmas. I know. I hate Christmas movies. So, Oh, okay. Um, sorry. So I'm trying. My mother did a really cool thing years ago. She wrote out recipes for all the kids in her own handwriting. So actually, handwriting is difficult for my mom because of her MS. Just writing and and things doing with her hands is just sometimes difficult. So it's it's a really precious gift, actually. Um, but I try to make caramels, and we basically have soup. Is what we have. Yeah, <laughs> we've got we've got a bunch of soup that tastes good. If you want a spoon, yeah. If you want a spoonful of caramels, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Is it caramel or caramel? Okay. What do you think? We should probably get that settled. I always thought it was caramel. I think people who are fancier and like higher brow than I am say caramel. But isn't it C-A-R-A-M-E-L? It might be. Yeah. Because I think of caramel, isn't that like where Clint Eastwood was the or mayor? Lady of. Our Lady, our Lady of, Mount. of Mount Carmel. Yes. It's See, this not, is why I'm actually now. I'm, now I'm doubling down because she's not Our Lady of Mount Caramel. Okay, that's so that right. would be sweet and tasty. Yeah. Now that we've got that settled, that what it, it is not, then let's just go with what it is. So we have <laughs> a a pan full of souped caramels. So my my sister says, "Well, just put milk in it, heat it up, and put it on ice cream." It's like, oh, that's so thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah, that's a sweet tradition, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it actually really is. It, you, yeah, I was going to say you don't do anything. Do you, you make cookies, but you'll just do like the pre-made stuff, right, that you put in the oven? Oh, no, no, no. Well, uh, so I don't – the only things I make are pancakes, bacon, and hamburgers. Right. That's it. Spaghetti if there's like a pinch. But my wife is an incredible, incredible cook. No, I know uh, that. Caters events. Yeah. Well, I'm telling the people at home, they might not recognize that. So, but I'm asking you, um, what do you do? So you won't even do I like, eat. pre-done I cookies. eat the stuff. My No, no. Actually, I, 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 I can't. My wife is too good. And then my daughters now are awesome at baking as well. So no, I can't like open up a pack of Chips Ahoy and have a good time. I, I've become very much a snob. It has to be homemade. Um, but it, it's great so well yeah, i actually don't like snack on anything like everything i'm really blessed like my wife and my family makes good food you know who else is an incredible chef i'm at, i'm here in tampa with my son bobby who's now 21 so it's kind of crazy to be able to get a beer with him at the game um but he is like 
he cooked the turkey. He cooks the steak. Um, he's just amazing. I just eat. I just watch people in amazement and eat food. It's a good life. I get that. That works for it's me. It's a wonderful life. Yeah, that works for me. Awesome. Well, cool. All right. Well, we're going to hit the Franciscan promo right now. Come on. Well, now that we've talked about our world of professional sports, how did they know we would talk about that? The people at Marcom are amazing. We'd like to give a shout out to our Franciscan University student athletes. At Franciscan University, we offer 20 Division III varsity sports. Our Barons had a great fall season. Our women's soccer and men's rugby teams both competed in our conference championships. Wow. We also had some outstanding players earn awards. For women's tennis, Marrera Herrera was named Conference Player of the Year for the third straight year. Dang. Uh, for men's soccer, Lucas Cross was named Offensive Player of the Year, which I think is very offensive. He's a good kid. No need to be negative. Congrats to all our fall athletes. We look forward to watching our students compete in winter and spring sports. And you can learn more about Franciscan Athletics at franciscanathletics.com. That's franciscanathletics.com. You were at a Barons game, right? You saw basketball. Wasn't it, didn't they play basketball uh, last week? Yeah, I went to the guys and the gals. They both played on Saturday against Chatham. Chatham's okay. good. I mean, Chatham will probably top two or three or top maybe even one or two in the conference. So we lost both of them. They, they, again, they played really well. They played scrappy, but um, just lost both of these ones. But it was fun. I mean, it's really fun. The, ch- the church or the church. The gym was basically full on the student side and yeah, a lot of energy. It was a good, good day. Yeah. You know, I love how our students support our teams and, uh, you know, our athletes give it their all and, uh, it's really, really exciting stuff. And it's, it's also awesome to see how many years have we been in this conference? The P the PAC, is that what it's called? Yeah. It's, um, my, we, my, First year was the first year in conference, so it's been four years now. Yeah, and to see us getting better and better and uh, get some rivalries going uh, within the conference is uh, it's just exciting. As a, as a professor and as a father who has kids at Franciscan and playing sports at Franciscan, um, that's been a great, great gift, I think. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great mix. It's good for – I think it's good for – college activities it's good for actually formation we really try to use the athletic program as part of the our spiritual formation as well as physical and, and academic so it's just it's been a really really good mix yeah and you know we have um we now have that rink outside of well actually this is big news if you're in steubenville you may have heard that bennegan's closed and has now been rebranded as the harp and the habit and uh, while you were at the Barons game, I was tasting the food. They had a invite food tasting thing. It's getting a little classier, I would say, but I'm worried about my bacon burger. I haven't tried that yet. But right outside the Harp and Habit in Franciscan Square is our rink, cleverly titled The Rink at Franciscan Square. Why make it more confusing than it needs to be? And it's actually just a joy to see tons of people out ice skating like it's like such a neat 
It's very popular. I'm surprised at how popular it is. It's not a very big rink. Yeah, I went down there uh, Friday after Thanksgiving, and it was honestly, it was great. It was great seeing, you know, our students, the local community, faculty, staff, kids, high school kids from three or four different high schools in the area. So it's really that's really one of the main things we wanted as we as we chose to go this route and, and build this was an opportunity for the local community, the university to gather together, have some fun, some physical activity. Um, so I'm not yet bet on the ice, but it will happen soon. It will happen soon. Do you ice skate? I have once. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would say maybe I've got you beat. I've probably done it twice, but yeah. Yeah, I don't think after 10 years old, I've done it at all. So there wasn't a lot of ice skating in Durango. No, no. A lot of skiing, okay. not a lot of ice skating. Yeah, I just feel like my ankles are going to snap off. That's why I'm so impressed with hockey players. Oh, it is. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. I'm so, seeing a lightning game tonight. Oh, yeah, um, and yeah, so that I I try to time it when I get to go to the Buccaneers games to see if there's a lightning game at the same time. And this year the schedule worked out great. So I'm able to do that. And hockey, I think you and I were talking about this, Dave. Probably one of the most physically demanding professional sports would be hockey. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... Yeah, those guys are amazing athletes. Amazing athletes. I mean, just... Yeah, and if you... Yeah, if you don't know, if you've never seen a hockey game, one of the crazy things is they, they're really just on the ice for about a minute. They're sprinting full speed. Then they dive over some boards so the other players can get in, and then they just repeat and repeat and repeat. It's really... Yeah. It's, it's I, really I feel like we, we need to make an apology to the people. They're, they're thinking there's... Did, did something go wrong and they're walking into the middle of it. So um, we are still on sports, but we're moving out of, especially hockey. The fact that we would come back to hockey is really a pretty remarkable thing. So, Well, I'm just glad we didn't say the B word in this particular episode, but That's you know, the, right. the promo was about sports, so I can't be blamed for that. Yeah. They just skipped through that though. Okay. So, did and I was they, actually, and I had a point to this. When are we going to get a Franciscan hockey team? Now that we've not. got a rink, we're not, we've got a rink. We do. We're not. Question for you. Did they start Advent in Florida? No, they don't do Advent in Florida. They'll do it next week. <laughs> do you know they're the, still the, mad about the hockey game statement? This is yes, I it is Advent. It's Advent here in Florida and in the rest of the world. Happy kind of, liturgical new year, everybody. I don't know how often it happens. Somebody could figure this out. But this is the shortest time that Advent can right. possibly be. So we've got... Yes, it's the, it's the earliest Thanksgiving could ever be. Yeah. And it is the shortest because we'll have on the fourth Sunday of Advent, uh, you know, you might have your 11 a.m. Mass, and then a couple hours later, it'll be Christmas. No, and that's just maybe just a heads up for people as we go into that. Um, it makes for an interesting dynamic uh, because you can't you can't double dip. So it's like... I'll just go to Mass <laughs> right. on Sunday evening, and that will be my Mass for Sunday and my Mass for Christmas. But yep. obviously, obviously, we're not able to do that. So the Mass on the Sunday evening will be the Vigil Mass for Christmas. So, yeah, just kind of a heads up. People kind of think about that. What What is that going to look like? What are your plans for liturgy? Because if you're going to do a Christmas Eve Mass, then you have to do a Sunday morning Mass or a Vigil Mass on Saturday. So. That's out there. It's crazy in a parish. Um, you know, you can imagine that our 
Sundays are always the busiest time in terms of making sure we have priests and deacons and servers for where we need. But not only do we need to do that for Saturday night and three masses on Sunday morning, then we've got to get into three masses, at least at our parish, on Sunday evening for Christmas Eve, and then a few masses the next day. So it really, uh, pray for your priests and all those that work at the church and help serve. If you can volunteer to do whatever you can at your church, do it, because uh, it's absolutely insane that the gamut of liturgies that are going to be celebrated at the church. I mean, for a lot of churches on that Sunday, they may celebrate six or seven liturgies, just finishing up Sunday morning and then doing, there's usually like a kids at four o'clock and then there's the seven o'clock and then many of them might do a midnight mass and and who knows what time the midnight mass will be. No, it's, it, and with the decorating, that's really a good, actually good advice that if somebody's feels so inclined to just reach out to the pastor and parish community and see if there's some way to help because it's just yeah yeah that perspective it is you know other than the easter triduum uh it's one of the more difficult complicated times in the church so it's just talking about the season of advent and, and i think we've established that we both like the season of advent um yeah it's just i i, I that's one of the let's, why don't we do this real quick let's rank our favorite liturgical seasons in order I need a second to think about this. Yeah. So there's five liturgical seasons. I'm just saying that out loud for my, my own self. Because <laughs> now there's math involved. Yeah. I would say for me, I would do, um, and I'm a little bit strange, but I would, I would probably do Ordinary Time, Advent, Easter, Christmas and Lent. That's how I would do it. I like them all, by the way. I like them all. So, except yeah, maybe Easter, Lent, Advent, ordinary. What was the fifth? <laughs> Christmas. Christmas. It does go by quickly. Christmas. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Depends on the season. De- Depends on the season. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. That's funny. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't, I've not thought about ordering them, so there you have it. Um, Maybe it shouldn't be done, but we just did it. We did it. We did it. Um, but the point but, is, Advent's in our top three for yeah, both of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Advent's on the top of our minds today. But it was. It was I like, would say musically, Advent is my favorite season. Yeah, I liturgically, love, musically. When we opened up with Answer. Mass yesterday with "O Come, O Come, Emmanuel," oh, it was really, yeah. it was really, really great. At our parish, we did uh, People Look East, which I love. I love that vibe. Actually, we're doing something pretty cool at our parish, um, which is unusual for our community. I know there's some Latin communities out there that might do this all the time, but my pastor decided that just for Advent, we were going to go ad orientum. Uh, we would all face the East. And he was very funny about it. He said, this is not a Latin takeover of the liturgy. I'm not trying to do anything sneaky. He just wanted to do something in Advent that would give it a kind of character. Sometimes we really hype up, you know, Lent, for example. And he said, I, I just thought maybe if we did this for a couple weeks, you'd walk in and you might just be jarred awake. That's the whole theme, particularly of these readings in this season of Advent, you know, that you're supposed to wake up and, and be alert and be attentive. And so he thought, what if we actually just do the liturgy a little bit differently? Uh, in a manner that might make you 
pay attention to it. And he said, and if you don't like it, then just offer that up. Come Christmas, I'll be turning right back around. <laughs> and uh, as a deacon, I've never celebrated a liturgy ad orientum. It works really well in our church because our church is a bit semi-circular. So to be honest, it's still very visible from all directions. But I like that idea of recognizing the specific character of Advent. And it's not just shopping days until Christmas, right? There's something very spiritual and beautiful going on. And that's very much, I think, reflected in the music of Advent, whether it's People Look East or O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, the sense of yearning, watching, waiting. It's, it's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. No, I love, yeah, I love the themes. I love the images. Uh, I shared yesterday or Sunday with the mass that um, it's important. Like it's, it's obviously the beginning of the church years today. So this is our advent is, is when we really begin the new church year. And I was reflecting on, you know, what is it? The, the first thing that we hear is, is there something important about that? Right. So the, of all of the scriptures, what is it that the church uses? And obviously the first reading comes from Isaiah, but I just found myself thinking and reflecting the very beginning, the first line is again, this is the first words of the first reading of the first day of the church year. And it says, uh, you Lord are our father, our redeemer, and you are named forever. And just, it's a great place to start, right? Is the first thing that we hear is that we've got a God who's our father. Uh, in a God who fathers us and desires to father us. And it's funny because uh, oftentimes we think of, obviously, Advent is the preparation for Christmas, but the readings don't don't talk about that at all this week, the, the first week. It's, it's not reflecting on that. It's reflecting particularly at the beginning on this idea that God is our Father, uh, He's redeemed us. And I like the image that you are named forever. You know, the, the fact that we have a God who's not just, some father out there, but again, is a father who's personal, who's intimate, who's close. Uh, we've been redeemed, and the, he has a name. Obviously, when we have a name, there's this sense of intimacy and vulnerability and, and honestly, ownership on that. So I just thought that was a great, great place to start. But what I actually spent most of my time praying about was the next line. And it says, why do you let us wander, O Lord, away from your ways? Uh, and, and it's just, you know, the, it starts with we have a God who's father. He's redeemed us. We know him. But why do we wander? And, and why do you why do you let us wander? And then the rest of the first reading honestly goes and talks about how we wander away from the Lord and how we're not faithful. Um, the line, it's really, it's really tough. He says, um, we have all sinned. Um, we are an unclean people. Our deeds are like polluted rags. We've withered like leaves. Our guilt carries us away in the wind. So I just, I found myself reflecting in, in that very fundamental question. Uh, we obviously ask the Lord, why do you let us wander? Well, he lets us wander because we've been created free and he loves us and we, we have to make this choice. The question I asked and the question that I prayed about is, but why do we wander, Lord? Why is it that, that you are a father, you've redeemed us, you've loved us, and yet we still wander? And, and it was just, I think, an interesting thing for us to be able to pray invitation during the first week of Advent that question, why is it that we wander? So I, I had some thoughts, but maybe you had some thoughts. Yeah, no, it, the mystery of sin, right? Like I think of Romans chapter seven, when St. Paul is asking that same question, the very thing I don't want to do is what I do. <laughs> you know, what I want to do, I don't do. The thing I don't want to do, that's what I do. And it's not just 
for me, I always thought like, well, if I'm just smart enough, I can figure this out. And, you know, if I just learn a lesson from it, then I'll get over it. And yet, um, our sin is always coming back to us. It's in a sense, we're almost sin addicts, so to speak. And it really takes the grace of the Holy Spirit to move our hearts and to change our hearts. You know, I used to think when I was younger that I could just overcome sin by effort of will and just by trying harder. And as I've gotten older, it's been more of a loving God more right. and trying to submit and be docile to the Holy Spirit, you know, saying, well, if I, I can't, but you can. And Lord, give me the strength and come Holy Spirit. I've tried to fight this battle of sin on my own for way too long and I keep losing. But with the Lord, there's victory and, yeah. uh, and there's mercy and fullness of redemption. So at least in terms of, as you're saying, those, those images, I mean, it's so dumb that we sin. It's so dumb. I'm usually the most shocked person that I sin. God isn't shocked at all. I'm stunned <laughs> <laughs> that I sin, you know, um, and God is just love and mercy itself. And he's always calling us to repentance and he's always picking us back up. And what an incredible God we have. Well, it is. And again, it's a reminder. The reason we wear purple during Advent is because it is a penitential season. So the, the church begins with that, that wrestling with, with our sin. But the wandering is not only sin. You know, um, the people in the desert wandered. So there's this sense of, of us moving in this movement. And, and, and when you're wandering, you're looking, you're searching. So yeah, I, I, I suggest maybe three things that help cause us to wonder. And, and, and the first is the fact that uh, if if we're honest, we don't we're not totally sure what we're looking for. You know, the the gospel obviously says, "Watch, be on lookout." But unless we've encountered the Father that loves us, we don't really know what we're looking for, and, and that we're wandering, we're looking for something that's going to satisfy our heart. And the church is obviously telling us that the only place that that's going to be satisfied is with the Lord. Uh, the second is that we we wander or we sin because. We want our will more than God's. You know, I want to do what I want to do. I don't want somebody to tell me what I shouldn't do. It's I should be able to do whatever I want. And and the reality is the Lord allows us that grace and that freedom to do it. We choose poorly oftentimes. Uh, and that's part of the point. And then the third one I said is, is that I think sometimes we just don't care. We're just apathetic. We, you know, we just, it's not something that we want to work at. It's not something that we want to put effort in. We want it, as you said, you know, just maybe this act of the will, the decision. But the reality is, is to be really faithful to the Lord is difficult and it's a struggle. And I've been reading a book recently dealing with a lot of the social issues and, and a common theme against those who, who maybe rally against the, the gospels or against the teaching of the churches, it shouldn't be so difficult. It is. I mean, being faithful and trying to love and trying to love like Jesus did and be more purified and be more like him and be more faithful. It's difficult. It takes, it takes work. And I think this is the invitation of Advent is, is to enter into that arena, enter into that struggle in the midst of that, find the Lord. Again, taking a look at that first reading, it's cool how it doesn't leave us there. You know, so you've got that, that struggle or, or lack of being faithful, the wandering, which is, Sometimes wandering is neither sinful, it's just, and then in the midst of our sin, and then it ends, the, the scripture says, yet, you know, it's close to that, all the difficulty and all the struggle, and then it says, yet, which everybody just kind of stops and pauses, and then it says, oh, Lord, you are our Father. So the same place we started is the same place this reading ends, 
you are our father, we are the clay and you the potter. This this image of us wandering, kind of looking distant from the Lord, and yet you've got this really, really intimate intimate image of the Lord being the potter and we're the clay uh, and we are the works of your hands. So I just love how the book ends of this is in the middle is the struggle, is the difficulty, it's the wandering, it's the searching, it's the brokenness, it's the sin. But the book ends on both of that is God, you are our father. You are a father who loves us. You are a father who cares for us. We are the clay. So yeah, and, and that was the challenge that I provided the students at the university yesterday is just in this first week of Advent, to be able to take a moment or two and, and just reflect on the reality that God is Father, that we've been redeemed, that He has a name, uh, and the reality is that we wander. You know, so the scripture asks, why is it that we wander? So maybe that's an invitation for us this week to take a moment or two, just stop, be quiet, be still, be with the scriptures, do something different. Like you were talking, Bob, in your church, you're doing something different. You're not going to do it all the time. You're just going to do something different do something different during this Advent season. And maybe the question we ask is, God, why do I wander? In the midst of your love for me, in the midst of your care, why is it that I still wander? And break into that in, by the grace of this sacrament of Mass, of the Eucharist, but the grace of the, the season to help us not wander. So Lord, we ask your blessing upon us as we begin this time of Advent, that we would know your peace and your presence, that we would search for you, we would look for you, and we would find you. May the Lord bless those, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father Dave. And thank you all who get to listen to this podcast. Uh, please send us a prayer request. In a couple weeks, we're going to do an Ask Us Anything episode. So you can shoot those questions to hope at franciscan.edu. That's hope at franciscan.edu. God bless. God bless, Bob. God bless, Father Dave.